So, folks, it is Friday Eve, Thursday night, who like, for those who like to keep track of the days of the week. And, of course, we are live here at the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios in Tampa, Florida, where today the heat index got up to about 108. It was hot today for sure. Usually I say it's pretty mild, but it was definitely hot out here in Florida. So, But that's okay. It's expected. It is a summer, and that's what we deal with. Also, for those who like to listen to the audio download version of the show, and if you're wondering why, when you're listening in on the audio download side from around the world, the minute 50 introduction you hear the music is because if you watch the show live on YouTube or on BroadStreetSouth.com, BroadSTSouth.com, then you'll see that all of our past guests have been on the screen or at least as many as I can fit within a minute and 50 seconds. But we do thank you for tuning in tonight. It is episode 151. And with us tonight is the real Mama Eagle. Key is with us tonight. And it's been a while that we try to have her on beforehand, but because she's so crazy busy, you guys don't understand that she provides her own content. She makes the world smile. She does so many different things in her own personal life that every once in a while, she's got to stencil us in there. But it's a good thing to have her on tonight because it's always good to have on a guest with us. And uh, Evan Macy, I believe, will be joining us a little bit later. So we'll see when Evan comes on. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to talk about, of course, our birds, the last preseason game of the preseason and they're down in Miami. They are separated as far as the clubs, because apparently in Miami, they have the bird flu and I'll explain it a little bit, uh, a little bit later on exactly what I mean by that. On top of that, I also got some news from my sports contributor that apparently Devonte Smith and Wawa boy, it's a great combination between those two. So don't be surprised if Devonte Smith starts making a lot of shows. There are a lot of commercials, should I say for Wawa. So in that, Darius Slay will get an update along with the Phillies, Zach Wheeler, apparently on the IL. So we're trying to figure that one out as Bryce Harper is coming back. He is supposedly coming to Philly this weekend after taking some batting practice or at least a game out there in Lehigh. He covered a thumb after hitting the game-winning run, but that supposedly is no big deal. So lots to cover tonight. We're enjoying ourselves as best we possibly can. And once again, like we say all the time, thank you for tuning in stateside overseas from South America and beyond. We do appreciate the love and support. And don't forget to always like and subscribe to our pages, follow everyone on social media. And by the way, on our new revamped website, if you look under the guest, of course, Key will be on there as well because she'll be added there. And if you guys want to know where you can find her, well, when you look on the guest, you'll click on her picture and her profile comes up so you can follow everything she does on social media, meaning on Twitter. So by all means, Take a look at the new website. It's a lot of fun. You enjoy. You can also watch the live show on the website itself. So you can make your comments here live on the show because you can't make them live on Twitter, unfortunately, because Twitter doesn't do live commenting. So with all that being said, we thank you once again for tuning in tonight to episode 151. The entire gang is here. And as soon as I flip it over into our show intro side, we'll bring everybody on so we can all enjoy and relax the rest of the evening. So thank you for tuning in to episode 151. I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street South. Now, normally, of course, the Godfather is on here as well, but the Godfather had to step out because he has something to take care of. He will be joining us here momentarily, but... Our other guests, and of course, the show associates are here. Dylan taking a night off from Toronto to be with us, and we do appreciate, of course, Dylan being here with us. So, Dylan, thank you and welcome. It's good to be here. Good to be here uh, enjoying some Philly schedule release yesterday. The Philly schedule got released, and uh, some interesting dates. July 4th, 
Phillies coming down here to Tampa Bay, baby. I'm looking forward to that on July 4th, Independence Day. Baseball for your fills. I'm very much hoping I can go to that game. But, yeah, a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Obviously, I'm not an Eagles fan being a Bucks fan, but uh, I'll try to get my Eagles two cents in if I can. <laughs> no, listen, that's okay. But hey, speaking of then, and if that's the case, if they're down here for the 4th of July, you that, that means that we have to do a flow show podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we got to do it from the 360 bar out there in exactly. center field at Tropicana Field. Right. Well, you know, that's if they still have it come next year because all these rumors and speculations of what's going on down here in Tampa. Who knows where they're going to be playing? It could be playing in your backyard for all we know. <laughs> yeah, it's true that. It's true that there. <laughs> and of course, fresh back from vacation, it is our sports contributor, Sean Kilrain. Sean, how are you this evening? Good, good. And the lady of the hour that has been blessing us with her presence. And I say that, of course, because we've, again, tried to have her on for the longest period of time. And Key, I know you're busy. I understand it. I get it because it's the hardest thing. And, of course, being a family mama yourself, you know how it is to try to balance family, life, and everything else you'd love to do. But listen, thank you so much for joining us. And as before we get the show kicked off here, please let the fine folks know in case they're tuning in now, they don't tune in a little bit later on where they can find you on social media. Well, first of all, I want to say, Angel, I'm super excited to be here. So thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk sports. I'm actually very easy to find everywhere. I'm Real Mommy Eagle on pretty much everything. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram. So super, super easy to search me. No, listen, again, we we appreciate because we know it's, it's tough to put the content together. We get it. We understand it. Uh, so the the big thing is, obviously, as Eagles news come around, and by the way, let me bring on this first one here because uh, Mikey from Philly to the South, he is 28th year with the club. And this year, as I've been saying it throughout the other entire podcast, I got to make sure I bring down the lower banners here so you guys can see, and we'll have to bring it up a little bit later on. But if you guys are down here in Tampa or come to Tampa, September 11th, we're having a huge kickoff party for the Eagles with the Eagles fans that attend Tampa Joe's. So, Key, if you are like you just happen to be in the area, I'm just saying, you can come down here to 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida, where it's going to be the Eagles kickoff party. $30 will get you the cover charge, which provides food, drinks, minus alcohol. Any beers or anything else, you're on your own as far as the other drinks, soft drinks will be in there. But uh, for the food, the $30 will cover you, they'll cover also the DJ and maybe, just maybe, a guest appearance by a former Eagle. We don't know. We'll see as the time gets a little bit closer. So lots to do. And Mike Fuji will be down here joining me on that live telecast. So it should be a lot of fun with Philly of the South, the official fan club of the Eagles down here in Florida, run by Mike Klein and Michelle Henley, who's doing a tremendous job putting it all together. So kudos to Michelle for the outstanding job that she's been doing, trying to put that together at the last minute. It's going to be a lot of fun. So September 11th, if you guys are here in the area, please visit Tampa Joe's and also visit them at tampajoes.com. So key to start off with, and I kind of teased a little bit in the beginning, and yes, we'll get into the preseason matchup here, but I'm just wondering did you also hear that Devontae Smith, which I had no clue, apparently is a huge fan of Wawa, and I guess he almost goes there on a daily basis. He's just, he's hes one of us. He's a great kid, and, and he knows exactly what to say to endear the hearts of Philly fans because everybody in this area, myself included, grew up going to Wawa. So <laughs> I love that he's embracing the city, and I'm just super excited to see what he's going to do in year two in general. 
I think it's, it's going to be exciting because everybody knew that he was coming here. He knows he's going to at least attempt to get better. We hear it. We keep hearing it from practices that he's, he's stepping up his game and not like it, it's much to step up, but he wants to get better year in, year out. And you can tell because even during the offseason, him and Jalen Hurts supposedly at different locations end up getting together to try and make both, you know, both players better. So Devontae Smith, I would imagine, and I would think maybe a far stretch, but I'm thinking at least a thousand yard season and is 12 touchdowns out of reach. I don't really think that's out of reach. If you think about the fact that cornerback number one is going to be on AJ Brown last year, cornerback number one was on Devontae and he still made a great impact. So with cornerback two on Devontae and with Quez Watkins also, you know, playing some reps on the field, taking away a bit. I could definitely see in a thousand yards and see for season for Devontae Smith. He got in the end zone quite a bit last year too. We people forget. He did. That's a, and it's absolutely true. And so, and, and when it's, I mean, if you're at Paul, for a lot of people who had him on their fantasy football team last year, obviously end up racking up some people end up and even winning their championships with Devontae Smith. I would imagine he's probably one of those early ones. If if everybody hasn't locked in their fantasy football, I don't know what you're going to do when it's the season's only about three weeks away. But I know a lot of people end up choosing him during their fantasy football picks. So it's good to see that he. Not only does he bring the high brows, he's going to bring the stats to go along with it. And that's great to see along with the same way with Jalen Hurts as we keep talking about him, that the, the improvement that he's had this season. And once again, we can see it. You can see it. You can hear it in the preseason. It's been talked about on almost every media outlet out there as far as what the, his quarterback's coach is doing with him, what the O-line coach is doing with him. So the expectations are extremely high for Jalen Hurts. Now, I don't believe, from what I understand, he's going to get any playtime coming up on the third game here. And especially, as I mentioned earlier on the show, that the Eagles, or I should say the Dolphins, are going through some sort of bird flu. And originally what it was, people thought that they had COVID. Then come to find out it's actually that they thought then it was a flu. Then come to find out it's actually a stomach virus, which even went through the Tampa area about two months ago. So apparently it made its way all the way down to Miami. And so rather than putting the Eagles obviously in harm's way, because it is the last preseason game, they didn't want to cancel it and go back because of course they had joint practices, except for they didn't have it today. So with that being said, Jalen is not going to be on. So we're going to see what's going to end up happening with with Jalen Hurts and uh, what the expectations are high anyways for last preseason game and joining us here. On the show as well is Evan Mazin. Evan, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. No problem whatsoever. No problem. So we're getting into some Devontae Smith talk, obviously some Jalen Hurts talk, because it, the, the final preseason game is coming up here. Um, the Eagles are trying to not get sick as Miami players. A lot of them are getting that stomach virus that we've been hearing about. So no joint practices today. And from what I understand too, there could be a possibility the Eagles end up getting dressed where they were for their practice today. So they may not even get dressed within the stadium because they're trying to do everything possible not to be sick coming home because they're off for two weeks before the season starts. So uh, Evan, I don't know if you heard anything different, and, and Key, I'll, I'll get back to you here in a second as well, but I don't know if you heard anything differently as far as when it comes to Miami. Like, what's the status as far as the Miami players, and do they expect for all the players to end up suiting up for tomorrow's game, or sorry, for Sunday, Saturday's game? Well, I have to give props to Miami for taking this precaution to protect the Eagles, even though it robbed us all of getting another uh, you know, a, a joint practice because those things are a lot better than these preseason games that we're getting. Um, 
I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how fast stomach viruses spread. I don't know how contagious the stuff is. Um, I think they're going to do everything they can to play the game, but I think losing the third, the, the final preseason game wouldn't be the end of the world. Uh, you know, you get to watch a whole lot of Reed Sinnett and, and Jason Huntley. And I don't know, uh, as a, as a sports writer, boy, oh boy, you just want those things to be over. So, um, <laughs> Uh, selfishly, I'm a little bit indifferent to it. Obviously, I hope everybody stays healthy. I hope they can still play the game, but I'm glad they're taking precautions. Uh, I don't have any intel. Jimmy Kemsky's our Eagles writer. He went down for the joint practices. He is our Eagles beat writer, and he abhors the preseason game so much that he's on a plane home from Miami right now. He's going to watch the game on TV. He's not even staying for the game. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I hope we get to see some played uh, uh, not Saturday, but, but if not, I don't think it's really going to hurt the Eagles very much. Right. So okay, I, I, as I, we're going with the conversation here, when Evan ended up jumping on, but uh, the same thing for you, like is as we're coming up here in the final preseason game, again, is this is basically to fill up the roster, whatever's left of it. And the guys going into the practice squad, your expectations of, of what do you expect? And, and I know it's not going to be anything major, but your expectations of what we, what we should be seeing on the last preseason game of the season. I There's just want to see. Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no you're fine. Go I was ahead. just going to say, um, well, as far as the stomach virus goes, I was going to say, um, I don't want to say people are overreacting, but to be perfectly honest, even though stomach virus is very contagious, it's one of those things that can get out of your system in one to two days with a lot of hydration. So I think the Eagles and Dolphins players will be fine overall. So I don't think it's a big deal. I just, my concern is that everyone like, uh, like, Evan did say is healthy and that there are no other major injuries suffer because that's been going around in the NFL. So just get out unscathed and I'm happy. That's what we're all hoping for because we saw, and as we heard it, Darius Slay ended up pulling up as he was trying to defend Tyreek Hill. And we we haven't heard too much yet as far as like any kind of injury. So I don't know if, if between our sports contributor, Sean, or, or even Dylan, have you guys heard any major updates here from Darius Slay? Uh, I haven't heard anything, but I wanted to. I wanted to add no, no, something no. onto that uh, preseason conversation. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, with a lot of the starters not playing for the Eagles this weekend, um, you know, they're. I, I mean, obviously, you mentioned it's it's big for a lot of these these guys who you know are on the bubble. If you've seen any Hard Knocks episode it, or anything in terms of like NFL films where they film the preseason games and they kind of go behind the scenes. You you could you know that the preseason games actually mean something to a lot of those guys who are on the bubble. You know, a lot of those guys who aren't on the bubble, this, this game is pointless, and they you know they're just hoping to get to week one without having any injuries. But um, you know, for certain teams, this week is actually massive. For example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, Tom Brady's starting this week. The team has not started any of their starters for the majority of the first two weeks this week because Tom Brady has been out the last few weeks. So for a few teams, this week is actually a massive week for a few teams. But uh, I think for the Eagles, as you, as you guys mentioned, I think it's going to be a, really a week of just hope that there's no injuries and you know kind of figure out what pieces are going to go where heading into week one. Well, we'll see what, I mean, again, we'll see because it, it, everyone, everyone is trying to nurse everybody. And we know that obviously Tom Brady, Suppose it alleged took the time off because he had to go on vacation. Believe that if you want to, because I don't believe it for a, for a minute. I don't believe that all of a sudden that it was a discussion. I don't care how good you are as a player that all of a sudden you got permission before the season even kicked off that you can go on a family vacation with your family while everybody else is trying to get their, their at least their game on and getting better during preseason. So we'll see. 
we'll see what ends up happening here. But uh, as we come up on the final preseason game, and I know we're trying to avoid as many injuries. We talked about a little bit earlier, but I guess, Evan, I'll start off with you. Who do you see, I guess, and, and from Jimmy reporting, as you were saying, who do you see was the most improved so far this season, or at least during uh, training camp here? So I was uh, I was at a couple of training camp practices, I think four or five, and um, the players that really stood out most to me, I thought TJ Edwards um, was absolutely fantastic. He looked like the best linebacker on the team, um, and, and he really stole the show on defense, at least at the practices I was at, and I know a lot of people uh, agree with that. Um, and I also think that having A.J. Brown – on the team and having a second year uh, of chemistry with Dallas Goddard has really made Jalen Hurts uh, a better quarterback, mostly because he's going to have guys who can get open quickly and he's going to get guys who can win contested balls. So he's going to be able to throw the ball away a lot more quickly. I know he held on to the ball a lot and he was notorious for kind of holding on and extending plays and being able to make something out of nothing. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw less of that this season just because Jalen Hurts has what looks like a more mature offense uh, around him. Um, so Hurts and Edwards are definitely the two. Uh, A.J. Brown is the best wide receiver I've ever seen in person. It's just absolutely remarkable watching him play football and watching him practice. He's just a big, burly, muscular guy. And the little details that he uses to catch the football, and one that I noticed is that when there's a ball that's thrown while he's in route on like a fly route or even like a slant, he does not look at the ball until it's in his arms. I don't know how he does it. He's got eyes coming out of the side of his helmet, but he does not hint to the defender that the ball's coming. He's just able, able to instantly catch the ball in one motion when it's thrown to him. I'm sure there are other wide receivers who can do that, but I've never seen it up close and personal like that, and it really blew me away. Um, I, as I hear the grumbling, because obviously I'm, I'm I'm not back home, so I get to hear things basically third party for the most part, unless I, I pick up stuff on the Eagles website. But and Dave Spadaro, of course, doing a great job. He was with us before earlier on this year. Um, but the expectation, at least what I see from the field and from the stands, even with the coaches, and everybody knows like it's the second year now with the Eagles, with the coaches that, that were brought over either from with Nick uh, and or the ones that were chosen to be here. But it seems like there's been a better bond, a better gel come year two. And year one, we expected not, you know, you're not going to, if the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl year one with a brand new coaching staff and everything else, I'm pretty sure everyone would have lost their mind. But we know that everything's going to end up gelling year two. We hope to see a lot of improvements and from what I understand that as Jalen is being coach, if a particular coach shows a lot of signs for Jalen improving as best as he can, that he could be possibly looking for a head coaching position come next year. So we're, this coaching staff is probably going to be most heavily watched, I want to say, throughout the entire season. So we'll see exactly what ends up happening. But, Keith, the same thing for you. I, I want to know, at least from you, what do you think was been has been the most the most improvement that we've seen so far in this preseason? I would say a lot of there are a couple guys that come to mind and this might be very unpopular, but I do think that people should pay attention to someone like Marcus Epps because I do think that he's thinking about I think he probably thinks about that touchdown he gave up against uh, well, that 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 reception he gave up to Metcalf against Seattle a while back. Uh, but since then has improved, definitely has had a better um, a better passer rate allowed as a, low, a lower pass rate allowed against them. And the coaches love him right now. They're saying that he's tough. They're saying he's putting all those things behind him. He's really hungry for the starting job, and I'm just really high on him. 
And as far as another player, I wouldn't say they're most improved because it's technically the rookie season. But I also do think um, if you have not paid attention to Josh Joby, you absolutely should. Um, this kid is the real deal. Like I said, great pass defender, can even play a bit against the run, can do it all. Great tackler. Just somebody to really keep an eye on for the future. Not a starter, but definitely a future. No, it's, it's I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen during the regular season because again we hear there's been as as I keep saying over and over again there's been a lot of talk for a lot of people saying that there are, the expectations for the Eagles are extremely high in this division not only to obviously to win the division but possibly possibly go somewhat deep in the playoffs here and we never want to get ahead of ourselves because we know things happen in the NFL not just to the Eagles but to everybody else but the Dallas I believe lost some of their, their key players during preseason the injury here. I don't see Dallas, and I could be wrong, you guys, I don't see Dallas as a primary threat for the NFC East. Call me nuts, I just don't see it the same way I don't see the commanders. If anyone could be of any slight surprise, might be the Giants, but they also are going through a rebuild as mode. So I'm just wondering, I'll go around the, I guess, around the board here. Bill, Dylan, even though I know you're not an Eagles fan, but... If you had to guess, do you see at least the Eagles winning a division? And if you do, how far would you see them going to the playoffs? I don't know who wants to start first on this. Um, I guess I could. Right. I guess I could start first on it. Um, I, I'll, I'll begin first. I actually just did my predictions for the NFL season. I actually have the Eagles going eleven and six this season. And I actually have the Dallas Cowboys also going eleven and six, but I have the Eagles winning the division. Um. I think that the Eagles are going to be very competitive this season. I think Jalen Hurts improves as a quarterback. I think Nick Sirianni in his second season, I think, is you know kind of getting his footing as an NFL coach. Remember, last season was his first year as a coach. So I think the Eagles are going to be very competitive this year. I mean, the Giants and the Washington Commanders, we don't know what both teams are going to be like this season. So really, it's going to be Dallas versus the Eagles, I think, for this division. And I think the Eagles end up getting it. I think the Eagles are going to be very tough. And it's tough to play in Philly, man. It's tough to play in Philly. The Bucs know it very well. We've lost a lot of games in Philadelphia. So I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts is a very dynamic quarterback and brings a lot to the table. And I just don't trust Dak at all i think he's a good quarterback i think he'll win games but i just don't trust him at all so. no, i i definitely agree with that one that it, that is that we'll <laughs> we'll see but key the same thing what what do you expect as far as do you see the eagles winning division and if they do how far do you see them going i definitely see them winning division the eagles to me and this is not even fan bias were easily the most improved team on paper in the nfl this year Besides maybe the Ravens and Jets, maybe two teams that I thought had great off seasons. But look at Dallas. They got worse. They traded Amari Cooper. Randy Gregory is gone. Lawrence is someone on the D-line of Dallas that you would normally fear, but still hasn't lived up to his contract. Diggs is a great player for the Cowboys secondary, but he still gives up a lot of yards. That defense as a whole is still a question mark. Dak's offensive line is older. They just lost Tyron Smith. Zeke is also older. So Dallas on paper looks, looks a lot worse. And plus, we don't have repeat division winners in the NFC East, and I agree, and I also do not trust Dak because when Dak's O-line is not perfect, he makes a lot of mistakes. I think um, the Eagles were number one in rushing last year. I think they can do that again, and I think that's really going to help Jalen in addition to having um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and I think that he's going to do really well this year. And Evan? Uh, that was a really good lead into some of my thoughts there, so good work. Um, they, they led the league in rushing last year, and 
Uh, I've charted uh, uh, Seamus Clancy, who's my deputy sports editor. We we charted every single throw that Jalen Hurts made uh, and every single play from the first team offense during training camp, during 11 on 11 and seven on seven drills. And they threw the ball more than 70% of the time. And that makes a lot of sense because if you're not having full contact and you're not tackling guys, then you're really not going to get a good sense of what the running game is going to look like. My fear is that they're going to abandon the run. If you remember the way that the season started last year, they were a pass-first team, and they really put a lot on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. Right. Granted, the wide receivers were not as good, and Nick Sirianni was a rookie head coach, but the results were really bad, and you saw that kind of regression to that kind of play calling when they went against Tampa in the first play game. So my fear is that they have this identity with like the best offensive line in football where they should be able to pound the ball and run the ball and make Jalen Hurts a game manager. And I think if he's a game manager, he can fill in the gaps with spectacular plays and hitting his wide receivers. If they put the entire season on Jalen Hurts' shoulders and they make him throw the ball 40, 45, 50 times a game, that's when I'd be fearful because his accuracy isn't fantastic and he's never been that kind of a quarterback. So um, the regression of the Cowboys – is more the reason why I think the Eagles will probably win the division. They're not going to lead the league in turnovers again. They're not going to lead the league in scoring again. It's really hard to do those two things in back-to-back years. And right. uh, as kind of, they, they've lost a lot of key players, and there are a lot of people injured. So I think the Eagles are the better team. But I think um, it's going to be really interesting to see what this offense looks like. I'm sure it's vanilla, and at training camp, we're not seeing what we're going to see come the season. But I would be a little bit nervous if they come out slinging the ball because, you know, maybe it'll work against the the Lions. But once they play the Vikings and some other more legitimate teams, I'm very interested to see what the offense looks like. So I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm hopeful, but I don't have sky high hopes at the moment. No, all good points, because the same way Joey B, who's a great friend of ours out there from Colorado. Of course, as I said on Tuesday night, he's enjoying the Stanley Cup win as they should out there with those speed demons that they have in the avalanche, which I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going back to back because the speed that team has, that the team has is ridiculous. And the young players and the staff they have there, it, it's definitely it's going to be a culture probably for years to see. So who knows? Could they possibly be the next dynasty? I mean, it, there's a lot of ways, to, a lot of ways you're going to handle that one. But. As he says, the Eagles might start off two and three because he is a Giants fan. And for me, he makes a great point because I'm not sold. And and Key, I want to uh, get your thoughts on this here too because I'm not completely sold that we're going to be – like everyone thinks that Detroit Lions is an automatic win. I don't see it as an automatic win. Am I wrong? There should be some fear that the Eagles may not pull it off. Or is it something just, I guess, maybe the first game nervousness that I'm thinking of that the Eagles won't be able to take care of business with the Lions? I think that you're an Eagles fan, and and understandably so. You are thinking about our track record and openers that we probably shouldn't have won that we didn't win. But on the flip side, the Lions, to me, um, they still have a ton of question marks. We still don't know that we don't fully know what Dan Campbell, what Campbell is and what he'll do with the team. Um, Jared Goff, to me, is by no means a great quarterback. The Lions don't have a stellar offensive line. They don't have a running game that, that absolutely scares you um, or a defense that scares you. They have some players and some potential good players on their defense, but um, I'm not going to say it's an automatic win, but I don't see why any Eagles fan wouldn't go into week one feeling confident about it. Now, right. the Minnesota games and the, the Washington games that follow, those would make me a bit more nervous for sure. Hey, you're absolutely right. Evan, your thoughts? Uh, I'm not really that scared of the Lions. I, I watch Hard Knocks anybody else and they don't seem super impressive to me but 
the Eagles seem like they're going to be a team that fans will be annoyed with because they beat themselves more than other teams do. I just see that happening. They still have a very young head coach. They have a very young core. They're going to rely a lot on young players, not just Jalen Hurts, but Devonta Smith. Uh, you know, Jordan Davis is is new. There's going to be a lot of second, third players of experience. Uh, and even down in Miami yesterday, there were a ton of penalties for this team. And that's the kind of thing that I think is going to be the reason why they lose. Not because they're not a better team or more talented, but I think that you know there might be some growing pains early on and there might be some chemistry issues. Chemistry issues. And I think they'll overcome them. But if there's some kind of fluke loss to the Lions, I don't think they're going to get outplayed by Detroit. I think they're going to beat themselves and something really annoying and stupid is going to happen. <clears throat> I, I think so as well. I, I, listen, I, I hope not because there's a lot of things that are going to end up, you know, that are go, it can go good or bad either way. I'm just hoping that, that when it comes to Detroit, that it doesn't, it, it doesn't come back to, to bite us no matter what. The commanders, yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried about, and I could be wrong. Yes. Uh, I want to real quick, I want to build off Evan real quick um, with the sure. Detroit Lions. And I think one of the misconceptions is, is I do think Dan Campbell is a great coach. I think Dan Campbell is going to be a very good coach in this league. I just, I don't think they have the talent around them yet to build. And I'm not a fan of Jared Goff whatsoever. I do not like Jared Goff. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he is the future of that team. And I think they need to draft somebody because they need to build somebody around them. But we obviously have seen what they've done with Matthew Stafford. They draft him, do nothing with him, and then he goes on to win a Super Bowl with the LA Rams. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But I do hope that Dan Campbell has success in this league with the Detroit Lions because it would be great because Detroit, I think, needs a competitive football team. That, that team has not had a competitive football team in how many years? And I think they are a team that is built in the city of Detroit. They have a great fan base, and they just need to have a competitive and good football team, and hopefully that Dan Campbell can, can bring it to that. Just wanted to add that in. All right, no problem. And uh, finally, joining us there from the distant background is uh, the co-host there. Uh, thanks for the bird. I, I appreciate it. But go ahead. The bird, E-A-G-L-E-S. Yeah. So, genius, now that you're with us, what are your thoughts on the Detroit game? Oh, you can't take no team lightly. I mean, you know, it's any given Sunday. You know, as you know, as Kiana said, you know, the Eagles look great on paper as one of the best in the offseason. You just can't come out and expect, you know, teams are gonna lay down. You gotta go out and smash them. Like I said, you gotta rack shop, and I want to use that phrase all season. You know, you gotta come to play four quarters, not thirty minutes, not twenty minutes. You gotta you gotta you gotta keep the foot on, on the pedal and and go for broke because you can't let no teams hang around 60 minutes of smart football. And you got to show the league what you're made of, what you, who you brought in, who you drafted. Jalen Hurts is the man, so you built the, the offense around him. You built the defense on the other side, and there ain't no excuses. That's why I said 11 wins. And I want to say it till the very end. But are the expectations, and, and again, going around the board here, is 11 a far reach? And, and Key, I'll start with you. Is, is it a far reach or is it, do we believe they can actually, I'm thinking maybe, and, and nothing against of, of what's going to happen in the second season here. Barring everybody that's, that's healthy, I'm going 10. Minor injuries, I'm looking at a nine game win season. 
is 11 out of the realm for this team for the season? Not at all. Um, they won nine games last season with a far significantly, you know, less roster, and it made made a lot of improvements. I don't see how they only improve improve by a game or two. I actually, maybe I'm optimistic, and it's combined with the schedule. But I actually had them in twelve. Oh, see, and it's funny yeah. because Jim McGraw, our co-host, she said the same thing not so long ago. She felt like it was twelve wins as well. Now, if if I can ask you why, why do you believe they could get up to twelve wins? It's just the way the schedule is set up. I mean, for me, it's one of those things where um, they do have a lot of tougher opponents, but it does seem like the games that are the toughest on paper are their home games. And, you know, historically, you know, they, they do tend to play better in Philly. A lot of the road games seem to be opponents that aren't as tough. Like you have Detroit on the road, you know, you have like the Bears on the road, you know, so and then you but then you have um, you have teams like, uh, you know, like um, I they, they were on the tip of my tongue, but you got like the Packers coming into Philly, you know, right. so a lot of their tough games are at home and a lot of their easier ones are on the road. So I think that that could be a benefit to them. Now, sticking with the Packers there for a second, Key, because I it's <laughs> the Packers are probably the most interesting. Uh, I I want to put it lightly of teams because Aaron Rodgers once again it, it, he it's like he wants to keep that light on him all the time, and to me it becomes a distraction in Green Bay. I could be wrong. I know it doesn't really matter. I guess unless you're a Green Bay fan, is Aaron Rodgers? Do we even expect for Green Bay to even be at the NFC Championship game this year? They're a good team. I just don't trust them after the, I just don't trust them past the first round. I don't. And I, I, I just, you know, I've had no reason to, I don't know how anybody else feels about that, but they just, they've consistently, and I am a Rogers fan, but he and that team have consistently underachieved. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not to be surprising. And Evan, before I get to you here in a second, Joey B says, uh, do all of us as Eagles fans really believe Jalen Hurts as an NFL championship caliber quarterback or just a nice system QB? Evan, you can go first on that one there. Well, I don't have the answer to that, but I think we will have the answer in about four months because Jalen Hurts will be playing behind possibly the best offensive line in football. He probably has one of the top five or six receiving cores in football. He's going to be aided by one of the best run games in all of football. He's going to be leading in that has the second easiest schedule in all of football. Um, they only travel uh, into four different time zones, and they only go out of the central time once when they go to Arizona. So it's really uh, do or die for Jalen Hurts. This is the best situation he's ever going to have. He's healthy. His team is good. And so if he has a good season, uh, at the end of the season, he's the franchise guy. And if he's not, they'll be using those two first-round picks to bring either you know some outside quarterback in or they're going to be drafting one. So I know I'm dodging the question, but um, uh, honestly, we we saw him as a game manager and we saw him re in relief of Carson Wentz. And now we're going to see him with every tool to succeed. And um, it's this is it. It's never going to be easier for a quarterback in the NFL to succeed. So I'm really, really interested in seeing that. That's my number one storyline for the season. All right. Key. I can't say that I can't say NFL championship quarterback yet. It's way too early. Um, like 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 it. Like it was said, we'll find out in about four months or so. I would say right now I'm looking at him as potentially being a quarterback that's definitely above average, which is a compliment because if you look at the quality of quarterbacks in the NFL, there's a lot of mediocre and or bad quarterbacks. But I would say maybe a step above game manager is kind of what I'm expecting right now. Let the let the O-line, let the team one in the trenches, let the running game guide him. 
Obviously, downfield accuracy is definitely something that he needs to work on. But I do think that with the tools, faster receivers and more shorthanded receivers, better route runner, runners at receiver is something that can help him. But above average for now, I would say. Okay. Dylan, again, I know you're not an Eagles <laughs> fan. We know, we understand you're a Bucks fan. I know, I know a little bit about the Eagles. Okay. I know a little, All right. a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I mean, this is, I think it's hilarious how the two Alabama quarterbacks, Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts, are basically in almost a career year, if you will, in a career cross. I wouldn't say career crossroads, but they're both in kind of a situation where you look at their rosters, they're given the roster to win. Like, this is their years. Like, if they don't do it, you know, then you start second guessing, as Evan said, going into next season and you start figuring out what your next move is. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to do very well this year. I think he is a very good quarterback. There are a lot of bad quarterbacks, as uh, as as you guys have mentioned. And uh, I think I think Hurts is has get, was given basically the silver platter, if you will. And I think he's got to produce with it. And I think he will. I think he will have a good season this year in a very easy schedule, as you guys have mentioned. They are actually the easiest schedule in terms of strength of schedule in the entire NFC. So, I mean, I think they definitely got the benefit of the doubt here heading into this season. I think the Eagles are, are going to be good this year. I hope so. And before I bring up the next uh, comment here by Joey B. Tom, thank you for tuning in from Ireland. I'm pretty sure it's got to be that's, – that's one place I would absolutely love to visit only because of the greenery itself from the island. That, and there's a lot of history in Ireland, along with the fans that we have out there as well to listen to us on the audio download side. So I hope you and the missus are enjoying yourselves out there in Ireland and uh, bring back Fuji like a green beer or something. I don't know. Bring him back something because he either that or just throw it from the plane. I'm pretty sure he'll catch it because he's got those Velcro hands. So make sure you, you take care of Fuji there. But Joey B says, if the commanders with Carson as their QB beat the Eagles, what would be the narrative be then about Jalen Hurts? And then, of course, he throws in there. I could see Fuji throwing empty Miller cans out from the upper deck in the, in, in the link. But listen, it, I'm pretty sure Fuji already knows. We know that Fuji would get fired up beyond fired up for that point if it does happen. I don't see the commanders beating the Eagles not even once this season. I think it's a complete sweep for the Eagles when it comes to the commanders. What I feel bad for is Ron Rivera and and. Key, if I can remember, I'm, I'm going to bring back a question to you as far as when it comes to the relations, when it comes to the, to the commanders themselves, which we like to call them DCU around here. <laughs> but I don't believe for a minute that they're going to end up getting the job done. But to, what would that's a great question here by Joey B. Key, I'm going to end up starting off with you one with that one. It, if, if, and it would be a huge if, Carson beats Jalen, what would the narrative be that following Monday? The, you know, the, the national uh, the national folks and probably some Philly people are going to have a field day with it. And that's something that that's just going to happen. Um, they are going to say things like, oh, we made a mistake. You know, we should have kept Carson. So that we will hear that. But the reality is it's not about quarterback versus quarterback. It's about team versus team. And you, you kind of really just have to listen to the rational people because it could be one of those situations where Jalen completely outplays Carson, but maybe you know, one of our receivers or running backs fumbled at the end of the game. You never know what happened. So there's always, I always like to look at context as opposed to the, the just the, the final score. Um, but yeah, people are good. People are going to say things, but the end result to me at the end of the season, where both teams are going to be when it's all said and done matters. And I think the Eagles will be farther than the commanders. And that's really all that matters. Well, that's exactly what we're hoping for. So we'll see. And, and, and I know as Sean may be having a little bit of difficulty here tonight, but Sean, getting to you as well, what do you believe 
if anything, what do you believe would be said on Monday following a loss to the Commanders? Might be having a delay. There you go. Sean, try your mic. You might you might be muted. Check your mic. I can hear him on mine. Yeah, I can hear him. Okay, I I can't hear him over here, but all right, go ahead because I I can't hear him at all. No, I can hear you perfect. Evan and Kay, can you hear Sean? Yep. Yep. I know. All right, hopefully the audio will come in on my side. Unfortunately, I can't hear anything, which means that everyone else, as my producer just told me, she couldn't hear a thing as well when Sean was talking. So you guys might be able to hear him, but I didn't hear a word that Sean said. So hopefully he'll end up, uh, he'll kick himself back in here. So we'll wait and see what ends up happening. But now, uh, Mr. Godfather there, the brilliant son of Howie Roseman, what do you think the expectation here coming into the last game since you're coming in late into the show here? What do you think the last expectations of this preseason for the Eagles, what they plan on doing, and then what do you expect out of Detroit? Oh, third game, last final preseason game. I mean, a lot of guys just making the – trying to make the team getting jobs. I mean, you figure what are they down to, about 80 right now, so a little bit more than that. You know, a lot of guys are going to get caught, and, you know, just maybe the last go around for some some guys and other guys could be showcasing their talent for somebody else to get picked up on waivers. Yeah. Well, it looks like, hey, Sean, and I believe because I can hear you typing there. I, I Go back where you thought you said earlier. Okay. I know it's a long delayed audio for Sean. Sean, the comments that you made earlier, I can I can hear you typing away. I can hear you saying okay. So the the comment you had earlier, can you repeat the same comment you had earlier? Okay, I think uh, they beat us, Washington, and then uh, when we come back home, they uh, we beat uh, Carson and uh, the Washington Commanders. All right. So now it, it, and Sean, because I know he, well, and there he goes. <laughs> just as I said, he came back, he's gone again. So, well, but it's just, it, things happen sometimes. It's just the way it works. I know Joey B had another question before Fuji, I get back to you as well, but he was wondering who was the last quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Was it Namath or, or was it Stabler? But I, I wasn't Namath the last one to win from Alabama. Fuji, no. No, nothing. I'm not sure. All right. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I believe it is Namath. I'm almost certain that it was him from Alabama, the last one to win a QB uh, as far as Super Bowl. But I believe it was Joe Namath. It, I could be wrong, but I, I believe that it actually is. But <clears throat> as far as in Tom says, uh, ran to a lot of Eagles fans uh, here wearing Eagles green 300 miles or three stars, excuse me, 3,000 miles away. 300 miles away wouldn't be that far, but 3,000 miles away. That's good. It's good to see at least uh, Eagles fans out there in Ireland. That's the right green to be wearing instead of the Jets. So that's uh, good for the folks out there. Um, Sean now needs Fuji's IT support. Oh, boy. Eh, here comes the jokes by Joey B. 
But Fuji, again, as, as we're going around here around the table and, and going around the horn, obviously the expectations are for the Eagles to end up winning the division. Do you see anything less from the Eagles this season but not to win the division? Okay, is everybody staying healthy? I mean, like I said, 11 wins, but everybody's got to – everything's got to go in their – go their favor. I mean, they got to execute and come out. and, Like I said, you got to play four quarters of 60-minute smart football. You can't let teams hang around, you know, be up by 20 points and let – Somebody come out and beat you in the last couple minutes. I mean, it's got it's you know it's a team sport. Everybody's got to come to play. You can't look you can't look at this trap game on the schedule. Um, Dallas three games away. The Giants. You know you can't take nobody lightly, especially in the NFC East where you know whether Washington or the Giants are that bad. They you know everybody comes to play in the NFC East. They're still a dog fight. You could be the best team and the worst team going at it, and you still got to work, on, like on any given Sunday. No, you definitely do, and it's, listen again. If you can talk about it to the cows come home, as far as when it comes to the injuries, everybody knows it. Everybody tries to avoid it. Unfortunately, it is just part of the NFL season, part of life, the way it ends up working down. So, it's just tough. But can't want to get back to you here for a second when it comes to as far as the Commanders. Now, we had Kelsey Nicole Nelson on with us. Uh, early on this year. And I know she was working for the commanders. Now, Dan Snyder, as we all know, had put people in situations where they didn't ask to be. Yet Dan Snyder continues to be the owner of the commanders. And, and, and asking you as, as a person, not just from the female side, but from the male side, as a person, if you were working in that front office and you knew what was around you? Would you even stay with the organization knowing that obviously no one cares what Dan Snyder does? And to me, it would be the most uncomfortable workplace to work for ever. Honestly, no one holds him accountable ever. Right. Um, there were incidents with the cheerleaders and a bunch of things back that just were really uncomfortable and disturbing to read about. And it just sounds like, you know, because he has money, you know, it's probably one of those situations why he's gotten away with so many things. But I... I could not ever see myself being in that situation or staying in that situation. It just, I, I guess after all this time, I'm still baffled that he's still there, honestly. It's its absolutely insane. And Evan, the same way too, I'm pretty sure you've heard all the grumblings and everything else. I can't believe. And what makes me laugh is as of recent, they had a hearing according to what, what was said was they had a hearing with him and no one else was allowed in there. It was one person that was supposed to be in the hearing. No cameras involved whatsoever. He didn't have to even be present there, meaning that he didn't have to go down to D.C. for this hearing. Basically, he could have done it from the bathroom for all, all they cared. No one got to hear anything. We never heard anything from it. The hearing already passed. But once again, this man continues to get away with murder. Why is Dan Snyder, which seems to be, I guess, the supreme god in the NFL? I I wish I knew why. I mean, you see some of that with the Deshaun Watson situation. It, it's really, really difficult to hold these people accountable who are in the public eye and they have so much power. They have access to better legal defenses than us. They have connections to people who can pull strings for them. But the real thing that bothers me about this, honestly, is that poor Washington fans yeah. really, I mean, they had the one good year 
um, a couple of, with RG3 a few years ago, but they've really had a middling franchise that's been mismanaged and they really haven't had much to be excited about. Carson Wentz is not like, I, I don't know a lot of Washington fans, but I can't imagine there are very many who are excited to have brought Carson Wentz in to be their quarterback. They're getting really short changed. They need new ownership. They need to shake things up a little bit. They had to change the team's name for God's sake, because it was racist and offensive. It, it's just a complete disaster over there. And lucky for, I guess, the Eagles, they get to play them twice a year. Um, and lucky for me in my job, uh, Carson Wentz is coming back to Philadelphia, and that will equal a lot of page views. So their mistake is is, is my uh, my benefit, I guess. But it's a, <laughs> it's a disaster. And um, like I said, the fans are the ones who lose in the end for all of this. It is. And it's absolutely shame. And Dylan, I, I don't know if you want to, uh, to add to this as well. Yeah, let me add into this. Um, yeah, and, and it's funny because you, you look at a team like the Jets and we talk so much about how the Jets look so mismanaged and the, it makes it makes the the, the, the the commanders make the Jets look like pennies, basically, in terms of how terribly mismanaged that team is. I mean, just the last couple of years, all the stuff that's came out with Dan Snyder, like how this guy hasn't gotten in like trouble for anything is beyond me and how he's been able to get away with so much stuff is beyond me. I mean... It's right now they're in just so much disarray. And honestly, they need, I think Dan Snyder, like they got to make Dan Snyder sell the team. I think that's the only way you can even kind of rebuild the pieces, if you will, in Washington is if Dan Snyder sells the team. He has to. I mean, there's no question well, in my mind. Well, just to, interrupt, just to touch on it, how is this man still owning this team? Yeah. I mean, there's all these allegations against him going on for the last X amount, probably 10 years with cheerleaders, women working in the front office, like, and he's getting away with it. How, how does that happen? It's a disgrace. Can somebody touch on that? I mean, no, is, he just just... Buying it, is he just buying his way, you know, to just stay in the league from Goodell? Or I Goodell think it's as simple start... as money. Yep. Right. I just think it's there's, as simple as he is. He has a lot of money, you know, and that's when and that and again, like it was mentioned, Deshaun Watson's another example that when you either have money or you are good at the position you play, it is un it's an unfortunate thing that sometimes you may not get held accountable for things that you've done the way you should. I, I also want to mention that the play the players have power too, and I don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's their employer. It's easier said than done. But right. you kind of saw it with you kind of saw it with John Gruden last season where it made it pretty clear that the players didn't respect him and they weren't going to play with him. And that's when he really, you know, got kicked to the curb. And I, I, you know, I wonder if maybe that's what it would take, you know, to get, to get Dan Snyder out of there would be the players to say, I don't, I don't want to play for this guy. Free agents don't go there. Protest. I mean, these players have a, a lot of power. This is the guy who signs their paychecks. And, you know, that's really the only way that, change is going to happen is if there's a huge, you know, swelling fans pushing for him to step down or if the players themselves, you know, like we saw with the Clippers uh, a long time ago, also they used to, you know, to play for their owner. And that's kind of how these things happen because really money protects money. So unless there's somebody to point the corruption and really yeah. make them accountable, it's not going to change. Yeah, Evan, I want to I want to add on to that. I mean, you got to at at some point you almost got to blame the NFL. I mean, even with this whole Deshaun Watson thing. Like this whole Deshaun Watson thing to me, it's so it, like he needs to be suspended for a year in my opinion, at least, at least a year. And then you look at where the suspension ended up happening. 
Oh, how how terrific is it that the suspension ends and he's playing the Texans? What a money grab this is by the NFL. This is it's so rigged. The NFL knows what they're doing. They're they, they, all they care about is money. That's all they care about. And they've been doing that for years now at this point. And and they they know what they're doing. The the NFL knows what they're doing. And at some point we got to start blaming the NFL for some of this too. Yeah, but they won't. The NFL. Listen, Roger Goodell will never take blame for it. And, oh, and yeah, not only that. But the problem that I that I have with this whole Deshaun Watts situation was you hired a female judge who has a great track record, and she went over every bit of evidence, and you had full confidence that she was going to do the right job and the right thing and everything else. And what do you do? You basically tell her, you're no good. I'm going to still take control of this. And it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to add a special. Why? Because Roger Goodell continues to put his foot in his own butt and make himself look ridiculous year in and year out. So you're trying to make Deshaun Watson an example of what? Of your mistakes. So if I'm that judge, and, and yeah, I could be wrong, if I'm the judge, do I even want to bother to stay with the NFL? Or do I walk and say, I'm like, didn't you guys hire me to do a particular job? I did it. I read through all the evidence. And you still feel like I didn't do good enough? No. Can you hear me? It feels like ultimately they just want to they just want to call the shots themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it, it again. It's all about money. It's all about ratings. And and unfortunately, the Browns with Watson getting airtime because they've gotten some primetime games means something to the NFL. And I agree wholeheartedly that he should not be playing this entire year. That's how I feel about it. Um, but as far as the judge goes, again, you're right. What was really the point of going through that if they were just going to go over her head, like you said? Yeah, which is just ridiculous. I went in here with the last three uh, comments. And Rick, thanks for tuning us always out there from, from Southwest Airlines. We do appreciate when you go into the break room there. But he says, is it me or do the Eagles start off the first game when coming off a bye, rusty, and then kick into high gear during the second half? I, it seems that way. I mean, we've only got one season or another next year on his belt to see what it looks like. So we'll see come this year. But, yeah, it, it just seems to be that. And and Eagles sometimes, even we see in the first half of the season, has not been that well. But the second half, they kick it into high gear. So we'll see there. And then Fuji, uh, Joey B says, your Eagles going to sweep my Giants. Won't be relevant for at least the next three or four seasons. And got our load up on the draft picks. And then in 2025 or 2026, viable contenders for NFC East title. Do you believe that? Well, Brian, I think they need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is gonna make them a contender in 2025 but if they hit on a quarterback next year if they're willing to take that risk then sure that all you need is that one guy and then it can change everything that's true joey b says before i get the last one there for dylan he's got a question down there but it says uh and now no i didn't hear about this apparently this must be something that just ended up happening but buffalo bills this, this, this just broke not the yeah this so what, came out like an hour ago so what happened? Because obviously, as I'm prepping for the show here, I get a chance to see exactly what ended up happening here and what happened. Apparently, the honor, I guess, Buffalo just signed, not about to sign. I'm thinking of Indy. Apparently, he got called um, raping a 17-year-old girl. For, and that's a report that just came out within the last hour or two. I, I, why? Listen, it, this will be the mystery question that no one will ever have the correct answer for. You get to do something that most people do not get a chance to do. You you work hard. You make it in the NFL. 
right? You you have basically the best life you could possibly have, yet you find ways to get yourselves into trouble. I, for the life of me, I don't understand it. And yet those of us who work nine to five or seven to three or 11 to seven, which way we, you, you, we struggle to be able to pay for stuff, you're gifted with a talent and boy, you guys are just, God almighty, I can't believe people, man. It just, it, it floors me. Not only that, it, it also kind of kills me too, where why would Ron Rivera want to stay with the commanders? You had, I mean, it, the Panthers didn't believe in you for whatever our reason towards the end there. You come over to commanders knowing what's happening over there. Why would you want to stay with an organization like that? And I'm pretty sure anyone would want to pick up Ron Rivera on their team. So I, I don't know. It, it's always going to be the million dollar mystery. I guess we'll get into that later on when we find out more facts about it, but it's just, it's ungodly ridiculous, but uh, there's a question for Dylan there. Why was Charlie Montoya fired? And is anything, is he doing anything with any other team? Uh, Charlie Montoya was fired because the Blue Jays were just not winning games. I mean, that's all I could say. Um, you know, the American League East is a very tough division right now. The Yankees, fortunately, are um, uh, losing a couple of games right now. The Jays right now currently in fifth place in a playoff spot. It's really weird how, like, the teams that have fired their managers already, I mean, outside of the Angels, but, like, with the Phillies and the Jays, teams fire their managers, and the teams are right now in the playoffs. It's interesting to look at that right now. So um, not exactly too sure the whole Charlie Montoya thing. I mean, we were still battling for a playoff spot, and we weren't affordable. But I don't know, maybe a change of pace. I mean, you got, you know, two a few big stars on that team with Vladdy and, and Boba Shed. I mean, you know, maybe Charlie just wasn't the right fit and they needed something, you know, maybe a change of pace heading in the next season. So I will be, we'll see John Schneider is a former manager. So we'll see, maybe he ends up taking over next season, but uh, I'm, I'm not exactly too sure the whole reason I was a little bit surprised myself when I saw it happen. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who the, the Jays end up hiring. Obviously we saw Joe Girardi just join the Cubs broadcasting crew for the remainder of the season. So he'll be doing that here, but yeah, I'm not sure if Montoya is with any team. I don't believe he is right now. Yeah, it's insane. Joey's giving us a little bit of an update. He's saying that it happened while it was in college in San Diego State, uh, per the USA Today article. And apparently it happened in 2021, fall of 21. And the Bills still drafted him after they had the police report. It's, it is absolutely disgusting. As a father of the teen daughter, I'm absolutely disgusted. And and anybody should be. That's ridiculous. If the Bills knew that. that they, I didn't if, see the Buffalo knew. That's ridiculous. That's that is ungodly really ridiculous and it makes your organization look like absolute garbage you can say whatever you want to but that's ridiculous wow that, that's a shame anyways we'll get into that discussion later on but listen i want to thank our guests who came on tonight and for our sponsors as well thanks to philly sports trips if you guys are looking to fill the bus down to dc there's already 800 plus signed up we're still looking to fill up more of our broad street south bus so do us a favor visit phillysportstrips.com you can visit it right through our website broadstsouth.com put on the book trip button that you guys see there on the website and book your trip today and make that trip down to dc to let the commanders know exactly what they're not going to do this season also along with tampa joe's don't forget the biggest kickoff party of the season provided by philly the south and thanks to Michelle Henley, who did a great job putting that together. Join us at 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa. So for the Eagles kickoff party, September 11th. September 11th is a big kickoff party. So join us. $30 gets you in the door. Food, music, cover. So we'll be good there. Along with, don't forget about LGDirect.net. 
LGDirect.net for Larry Gilman, who does a terrific job with LGDirect.net as far as when it comes to your apparel and payment solutions. We do appreciate LGDirect.net and also with them being with us here on the studio as well. And Big Star Sports at BigStarSports.com. In there with any clue, Monday through Friday, in the trenches from 10 to 12, only on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. So thank you once again to Key. Please let everybody know before I let Evan know as well where they can find you once again on social media. Uh, my name is Key, also known as Real Mama Eagle, and that's actually where you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, everything. Just Real Mama Eagle, no underscores, nothing else. All right. And Evan? I... um. I'm 35, but I'm a boomer. I have Twitter. <laughs> I have an underscore That's really it. I use Twitter. I play golf. I I like to watch TV. So, you know, just find me on Twitter. All right. That's the same. Listen, I follow you on Twitter as well. So that and it's the same with me. I, I have on the social media. Well, you guys can find me on, on, on the website where all my social media handles are. But, yeah, definitely check that out. And also, again, if you guys want to watch the live show and make your live comments, of course, you can go right on the website and make your live comments there as well. And there is an actual form. If there's something you want to bring up or there's a small business that would like to do business with us, there is a form on there at the home screen where you can fill out and let us know, hey, what we're doing, how we're doing. Or if you'd like to do business with us, we do appreciate it. And Robert uh, chiming in here at the very last minute says, what's up? And Angel Mike Dillon and the rest of the crew, miss you guys. Miss you too. I hope you enjoyed your uh, your vacation here, Robert. So listen, thanks to everyone once again for Debbie over in Studio B. For The Godfather, Sean, and Dylan, we hope everyone has an enjoyable weekend. Thank you, and enjoy the Eagles game as they wrap up the preseason and get ready for the regular season. So with that being said, thank you once again, episode 151, and we will see you all next week.